Welcome back to the Cattle Menu Podcast. I'm Caroline Rose, the founder and CEO of K Rose Company and Cattle Menu. Thank you for joining us on this episode. I'm excited to bring you these conversations each week filled with relatable advice and techniques you can take back to your operation. It's my mission to make sure that we can ranch in the next generation. Make sure and subscribe where you're listening so you never miss a new episode. Welcome back to another episode of the Cattleman You Podcast. I had the pleasure today of talking with Elizabeth from Thomas Cattle Company, and she is an incredible resource. One thing we talk about is how social media looks different than the true picture of selling farm-to-table beef. And if you're not interested in farm-to-table beef, I still encourage you to listen to this episode. She shares a lot of wisdom about starting and growing businesses, about logistics, about setting goals and achieving them. And I think you'll really enjoy this episode, whether you ever plan to sell your product straight to the consumer or not. So thanks for joining us. And I'd love to know what you think. I am thrilled today to talk to Elizabeth about direct-to-consumer meat and selling some box beef. Elizabeth is our neighbor, right? We're here in Montana and they are in Idaho. And I always laugh about that because I actually just got back from Easter in Idaho and it was an 18-hour drive round trip. So when I say neighbor, I say it really loosely, but thanks so much for being here, Elizabeth. Thank you so much for having me. I'm thrilled to be here. And you must be on the opposite side of Montana if it was that long of a drive. <laughs> I'm actually in northern Montana, so Kalispell. Okay. So I'm, just to get to Idaho is actually pretty close. But we went almost to Boise to visit my grandpa, who's 96. He's actually was up oh, wow. in California visiting my aunt and her family. And so anytime he gets anywhere close... I try and make sure that I'm there because just at 96, you never know how long we have. Yep, absolutely. Well, that's wonderful. I actually grew up in Montana. I'm from Dillon, Montana. And I guess I'll kind of get into my backstory and I can include that. Um, I grew up in Dillon, Montana, so an egg egg community. I did not grow up in egg. My dad had a construction company and my mom was a teacher. So I grew up uh, learning construction as a trade all the way through high school. I worked for my dad and when I graduated, I was bound and determined to leave Montana and go to the big city. My mom teases me these days because in college, I wrote like kind of a personal goal list and what I wanted to do. And I wanted to live in New York City and be the director of player personnel for an NBA basketball team and had this expensive car. And now I live uh, in Oriana, Idaho with a population of about 10 people. So she always teases me of, you know, God had different plans for my life. And I'm glad he did because it really has um, shaped who I am. And it really is a lifestyle that I wouldn't trade for anything. So a little bit about Thomas Cattle Company and myself. I've been a ranch wife for uh, coming on 15 years. And like I said, I didn't have any experience moving to the ranch. Um, I worked in Boise, lived in Boise after college. It really has been a learning process for me. And I would say even an acceptance process. I think if you don't grow up in agriculture and you don't understand the lifestyle, it can be challenging and it is hard to move remote and be so socially isolated. And that's something that I've really had to work through. And now I just love, you know, wouldn't trade my life for anything else. But 
it's been a journey for me. And I worked uh, in town for the first 13 and a half years of our marriage. I drove 45 minutes both ways. Um, I was a vice president of marketing and development at a regional credit union. And just last September, I actually left that full-time job to become CEO of TCC Beef Ventures, which is the overarching company for our boxed beef and direct-to-consumer beef brand. And that in itself has been a journey in the last six months, just really diving in and learning so much and really figuring out how we want to grow this business. But for us, you know, we've been conventional ranchers, uh, my husband and brother-in-law, their whole life. We really recognize the need to find ways to vertically integrate to sustain our ranch and sustain our operation for our children's generation and the generation after that. And so we really thought about how we could do that and utilize the quality cattle that we know we have and the direct-to-consumer option was that next step for us in that vertical integration and so we've been doing that for we started right when covid was getting rolling and so it's been about two and a half to three years that we've really been working in direct-to-consumer beef and box beef and it's been a roller coaster but it's an adventure every single day and something that I really enjoy and we have a team on the ranch side, of course, and then we have a team on the retail beef side as well. So get to have some team that comes out to the ranch and works part time out at the ranch and then part time from home. But it's been a, an amazing adventure so far. And I think we're, we're really just getting started into it. You must be a basketball lover. Yes. Why do you say that? Because <laughs> you said that you thought you were going to work for uh, professional basketball. And I am a basketball lover as well. And it seems as if ever since I f- saw that girl from Iowa play in the tournament, I've watched more basketball, you know, in the month of March than I have in years. Yes, it's actually, uh, I played college basketball and so did my husband, Seth. We both played college basketball and it's actually a coach that coached both of us that introduced us. And, you know, we obviously got married and our kids are just getting to the age where they're very active in sports. And it's so exciting for us that they're, you know, getting to start doing tournaments and traveling. So we definitely love sports and think a life in sports and a life in agriculture are two very complementary things. It requires a team. It requires hard work. It requires dedication. And so we're really excited to see that, you know, our kids coming into that and getting to experience sports and They both play basketball right now, so we'll see if that sticks. Yeah, absolutely. That Caitlin Clark from Iowa, if you haven't watched any of her, um, she still has a couple years left. She is incredible and really fun, makes women basketball, women's basketball really fun to watch. So I just picked that little piece out of your story, and I was like, oh, I've had the best March watching her play and watching all of the games. So I love that. Let's talk a little bit about what the conversation looked like when you guys decided to sell direct-to-consumer meat, because one of the things that I am noticing is we see a need for it, right? There's obviously a demand for direct-to-consumer, and I see a lot of ranches decide to take that step, and it usually starts with quarter halves and holes, but for a lot of them, that step is not a sustainable step. So can you talk a little bit about how the conversation got started and then kind of how you guys decided that it was not just going to be a let's sell a couple here, but instead almost like an arm of your business? Yeah, I'd like to say we sat down and had this dedicated conversation. This is exactly what it's going to look like. 
we didn't. But I think one thing that we recognize is, and what we've seen is a lot of ranchers love and are amazing at the ranching aspect of their business. But the world is becoming more complex and requiring more of agriculture producers. And you really have to have that business mindset as well as the agriculture and ranching mindset. And so when we thought about this, we really brought the business mindset first and how we could, if we were going to do it, make it successful. Didn't want it to be a hobby. Our goal is to, of course, make money to be a benefit to our overall operation. And so we knew that if we did that, we really had to commit to the spend on marketing, the commitment of time. For two and a half years, I did my full-time day job, plus ran the direct-to-consumer, and um, we had one other team member that did the box beef. But it was, I woke up at 5 a.m., worked until 8 a.m., did my day job from 8 a.m. till 5 p.m., did the beef from 5 p.m. until 9 or 10 p.m., and it really was a grind. But I think for us, it was, if we're going to do this, we're going to do it all the way. We're not going to see it as something as a side job to do because it feels good. Yes, that is our ultimate, like my favorite part of this whole thing is that I know our team produced a centerpiece of a meal that families are gathering around, that families are having conversation and that families are making memories together around a piece of Thomas Cattle Company beef. And so we really went into it saying we're committing to this 110%. And so we had to really figure out, you know, we did start with shares, but we knew that was the first step. And we had a plan to, at what point are we transitioning to individual cuts? At what point are we transitioning to shipping nationwide? At what point are we, we had this whole timeline because we knew we wanted to hit those incremental goals. We couldn't do it all at once, but it was achieving step one, moving to step two, because we weren't going to, we didn't want to stay in between. And that's, you know, there are people that choose to do that and just want to do shares. And that's wonderful. But we knew that at the scope of what we wanted to achieve, we really had to jump in with both feet and dedicate to building it into a full out program. Absolutely. Let's clarify a little bit about the um, direct to consumer side and then the boxed beef. Sure. What What's the difference and kind of how are they structured differently? So our direct-to-consumer side is all of the individual cuts and products that we sell directly to an individual person on our website. So on our website, they can come, they can place a deposit for a beef share, they can order individual cuts. We have a bunch of bundles, we have gear. So just an, a person at their house can go to our website and order. And then our box beef side or wholesale side is where we sell to restaurants, co-ops, butcher counters. And so those are typically primal subprimals that we're selling in large box cases, just like a large production house would um, that goes to restaurants. We sell in the Boise, Seattle, and Portland markets. Um, so we work with some distributors, we sell to them, and then they sell our product. We sell direct as well. And so it's kind of the wholesale side of the business and then the direct to consumer side. And um, I guess there's so many terms that are used interchangeably in beef in general, but box beef or wholesale is kind of what I use for the restaurant and butcher counter side of things. So the box beef side is much more significant in scope of size of production than our direct to consumer. But, you know, the direct to consumer is just 
where my heart lies, I guess, just because it is such an intimate relationship that we have with our customers. And, you know, they just become lifelong friends. You know, just last weekend, one of our customers, when they came for their pickup, they brought me some croissants from one of the local bakeries. And it's just neat to build those relationships. And it's uh, just something that a lot of positive unintended consequences I didn't see going into it that now is just really neat to get an experience. And both sides are great and we need both sides to be successful, but they're just very different in nature. And so it's uh, something I learn every single day. I'm learning something new about one one side or the other and they're complementary to each other. So it really benefits our business as a whole. Are you the type of person that likes to write everything down? We've created the Calvin U Planner for ranch wives, mothers, and daughters who are looking for the perfect place to capture all of their thoughts throughout the year. Our planner is packed full of tools to help you learn more about ranching, working with others, and knowing yourself. Don't worry about the year already starting. We've included blank calendar pages that you can start when you're ready. Grab yours today at cattlemanulive.com backslash planner. separating those two was such a wise business decision because I think some people have the retail mindset. We want to sell retail. We want to sell, you know, to restaurants, but the direct to consumer processes, and it looks very different on what they need, what they want, how they are going to accept a price um, and all of that. And so I think kind of putting a hard line in the sand and saying, do you fit here or do you fit here is a really wise move. And do you guys still sell some conventional cattle or is this your whole operations to direct to consumer? Oh, no, we still sell a lot of conventional cattle. And that's one thing one of the reasons, you know, when we did make this choice is based upon what my husband, Seth, brother-in-law, Logan, and father-in-law, Bob have built, this is going to allow us to scale because of the size of our herd in the box beef and the direct-to-consumer beef, where a lot of people, I think, start with direct-to-consumer and their goal is to grow their herd to meet that need. We're the opposite, you know, and when we did start uh, selling, it was we wanted to be in control of our own destiny. So what are things that we could do to make more for our cattle and get the value out of them? We sell still on video every single July. We contract out cattle. Um, that's a majority of what we're doing right now. But obviously our goal is as we grow is to maintain ownership of more of those so that we are growing our direct-to-consumer offering and our box beef offering. So, but right now at our our uh, retail beef side is the smallest part of our operation. And I think it's just good for people to know that because I think on social media, you know, one of the things about when we do social media well is it looks, I don't want to say this in a rude way, but it looks better than what it is. And that is good marketing. Don't get me wrong. But I think as someone who's thinking about starting direct to consumer, it feels really overwhelming, right? We watch all of these people on social media and we're like, they're shipping out thousands of boxes a week. All of, I mean, it's almost like I can never get there. And I just think it's one, it's important to know that a lot of our direct to consumer sellers are selling conventional beef because we know that just getting beef on someone's plate is a win. And I always tell people that with our little retail store that we have in here in Cal's the rancher's daughter. 
is I don't care if you come into my store and buy a ribeye or you go to the grocery store and buy a ribeye, just buy a ribeye. Like just eat prime rib. Just like any beef on the plate is a win because we're involved in both sides of the market. And we can't produce enough direct to consumer to serve everyone. And financially, the price that the our direct to consumer has to be is higher than what they can sell in the grocery store. And so for some people, the grocery store is the best option. And to be honest, I am going to have my nephews, four of them for two weeks. And I just did a grocery order because we we're dinks. That's the term I just recently heard. It's double income, no kids. And so this is a whole new oh. experience for us. But um, I just ordered ground beef from the grocery store. I put in a big order. I'd plan my meals. It made the most sense. And I own a retail store that sells ground beef in the same town. But I was like, I'm here. I just have to get it all ordered so I can feed these boys. And I think that it's just so important to show both sides are okay and both sides is still good quality meat. We just have more options now. Yes, absolutely. And that's one thing I love about agriculture. And, you know, there is four or five other producers. If someone reaches out to us, you know, we do grain finished beef. If someone reaches out to us and wants completely grass fed, grass finished, I have three people I can refer them to. And it's, to me, it's all of our job as a community to support agriculture and tell the story and it's up to the consumer to choose who who's the best fit for them if they're going direct to consumer, if they're buying at the grocery store. Like you said, it's a win that they're eating beef in general. And all beef is safe. There are so many regulations in place. It doesn't mean my beef because you can talk to me as your rancher is more safe than something you're buying at the grocery store. There's just a few layers removed that they can directly speak with us. And I think that is the benefit and the power of social media, like you said, is that someone can see me on our stories. I still manage all of our social media for better or for worse. I'm not the best at it, but you know, it is something that people do value that. And, you know, I think it's, it's just something that is so different in today's day and age that it does give access to agriculture producers, which is so amazing. But on the social media piece, it is people are putting their best day out there. I try and occasionally look back and remember when we shipped one box. And I remember my husband saying, I don't know if this is going to be worth it. We're driving to town to ship one box of meat, you know, and I said, we just had to keep the faith and it will grow over time. And I still today see people that are shipping hundreds of boxes. And I'm like, what are we doing wrong? Because we're not shipping that much. You know, our main base is in our local valley, which the Boise market is growing exponentially. And it's our lowest cost to market. So that's where we focus our dollars right now. Yes, we love to ship. We will ship to anyone that wants it in the lower 48 states, but that's a higher cost for us to get that product to that customer. So we aren't spending as much of our marketing dollars there because we do have a close, you know, we're 45 minutes from Boise, I guess South Boise. But I do think it's as you're getting started is one thing that I really learned is I can either spend energy worrying about what everyone else is doing or what everyone else is posting and presenting on their stories, or I can focus my energy on being the best version of me and helping our business grow. And over time, those days and hours and months that I put in will pay off because it's easy to fall into that comparison trap. And there are so many people doing it today. It's 
I really see my job as presenting who we are and what we deliver. And that is going to attract the like-minded people that want a product like ours that matches their, what they're looking for in their beef. And if it's not that, then I can refer them to someone else. But I think it is easy to fall into that comparison trap. You know, I've really learned it's wasted energy because their story is not the same as your story. What your goals are not the same as what their goals might be. Everyone has a different situation. If we focus our energies worrying about three other people out there comparing against them, we're not, I'm I'm not focusing that energy on being the best that we can be. And that's something that I've had to learn myself. I joke. Uh, I've cried more in the last, you know, six months going into this full time than I ever realized I would. But I also see that's hopefully a growth process of learning. And it means that I am stepping outside of my comfort zone and putting myself out there to learn new things and try new things. And but it's definitely an emotional roller coaster. Yeah, it's interesting that to hear, you know, you talk about comparison because what I hope everyone takes away is it doesn't matter what step you're on. There's always someone at the next step that you could compare to. Like, it doesn't matter if you feel like you're, you know, getting close to the top of the game. There's always someone where you're like, oh, they're doing X. Now I like, you can find someone to compare to at all stages and at all stages comparison. You're right. One, it's the thief of joy. And two, there are so many factors that we don't even know. And I think it is really easy to look at someone else and say, man, I should be there and not have any idea about their finances, not have any idea about how many people are helping, not have any idea. Maybe they have 15 siblings and half of the boxes you see every week are there. Like, we don't know any of that. And it's so easy to be like, man, I wish I could be there. But realizing that the location and the position you're in now is for a reason, like you said, it's such a growth journey. And I don't think it would serve us well to just jump up to any step we want to be on. Like we have to go through each step to learn and to grow and to become better to prepare us for the next step. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. I would say is have a circle of friends that cheer you on, that know where you started and can see where you are today. You know, we, a couple of weeks ago, we had, we offer a local pickup. And so that is free for people. We go to three spots. We do it once a month. And when I started, I was taking one or two to town two and a half years ago. Last week, I took a hundred orders to town. I couldn't even fit them all. We had to like borrow one of our employees' cars to get them all to town. And, you know, one of my friends texted me and was like, remember when you were taking two in? And it's like, you know, it's the moments like that where you stop and take a moment to, I try not to look back too much because it's just not well spent energy, but it's like, oh my gosh. Or that's another benefit of social media. You can look back a year ago and say, wow, you know, if I feel like I'm struggling, I can look back and say, wow, look how far I have come instead of just being in the moment and not recognizing that process that we've improved. But, you know, having those people that cheer you on and and reach out to you and check in to say, how's it going? That has been such an important part of my journey, especially, you know, we live remote. We're pretty close to Boise. So we are more fortunate than some people that, you know, have a four hour drive to town. But especially with technology, it is something that having that circle of you know, even if it's other egg producers that you reach out to, it is beneficial to have those people that remind you 
the progress you have made and stopping to take checkpoints and look back and say, wow, I really have made progress. I'm not where I want to be yet, but I'm a lot further than when I started. Absolutely. What do you think is the biggest lesson that you guys have learned since starting direct to consumer? Oh, I would say one of the most important lessons, maybe not the biggest, is think with a business mind first and build your program, your bundles, your shipping, and your boxes around the numbers. Data and numbers don't lie. And kind of going back to the social media, it feels good. It's that emotional filling of your bucket when you see packages going out and you see these wins. But if you're, it's not financially making sense for your organization, at the end of the day, you have to pay the bank, you have to pay the bills. And that's something that, you know, we're still, we're a growing company that is figuring this out and learning this. But at the end of the day, really focusing on your data from the beginning saying, okay, these are the size boxes we're going to get if you're going to ship. We are going to build bundles that specifically fit within this box. We are going to start with shipping around ground areas around us so that as you start out, you're put yourself on a good financial foot to grow responsibly and not putting yourself in a position where you grow and it, you're doing the math backwards, I guess. For us, it's really analytics and digging into that. It's not my comfort area, but it's something as we grow and as we've had more success, it becomes more and more important because I'm a more emotional person and I love that feeling, that good feeling inside of me. But I also have to pay pay attention to the logical and you know sensible side of things. And I would say that would be the biggest area that I would, you know, tell someone that's starting is really do your homework up front. And don't make decisions off of emotion alone. Make sure the data supports what you're trying to do and put in that homework up front to really do your math and make sure that it's penciling out for whether you want to ship, whether you want to do local delivery. Um, And then in the box beef, that's a whole nother, whole nother experience. That is, I always joke that I didn't know I was getting into the logistics business when I started in the box beef, but it is literally tracking trucks and boxes of meat all over the place. (laughs) Absolutely. One thing you said that I really want people to hear is you have to put a pencil to it. And it always is so disheartening to me when I see a Facebook post. This is where I normally see it. Someone will say, looking to buy some ground beef. And there will be 10 or 15 comments of, I have ground beef for sale, and they'll list the price. And I'm always like, you can't sell it for that. What are you doing? And I feel terrible because I don't want to be a know-it-all. But I also, I'm like, you guys are just nickeling and diming yourself to death. Like, it is not affordable for you to sell ground beef at $3.50 a pound. We have to figure that out. And again, I know that sometimes you just got to move, you know, and sell things and make cash. I understand all of that. But it does really hurt my heart when I see some of that, because I realize that's not a profitable adventure. And while it feels good to get sales, if it's a negative experience, or if you could sell the animal for more money in a sale barn, then maybe direct to consumer is not the right option for you. And it is 
challenging to price your product. And I know that there is prices all over the board, right? If we were to look online at ground beef, I'm guessing it ranges from $5 to 19 a pound. And so there's a wide range and it has to work for you and your family and it has to be profitable. And the one thing in agriculture we're really bad at is tracking our time and figuring out the value of our time, both on the operation and, you know, on the direct-to-consumer. How long does it take you to haul them to the processor to load them? Where do you put the meat to unload the meat? Like we, there's so much factored into the price that maybe we don't know or we don't understand. But I think people, I think pricing seems to be the easiest part, but I think it's probably the hardest part of starting the direct-to-consumer experience. Do you need a new website designed, logo for your business, or help with social media? Did you know that Kairos Company is a full-service design and marketing company? We do everything from websites to logo designs, consulting, and social media. We'd love to support small rural businesses like yours. Reach out today at kroscompany.com backslash rural dash business dash marketing to get your quote. Yeah, that's, and it's always changing. It's, you know, our inputs are up, gosh, 30 to 40% over last year. And we're trying to maintain our prices and keep them low. We know we're not the cheapest option out there, but we have penciled out down to every single item that goes into that stake to know what we have to make to maintain profitability for our family. Like I said at the beginning, we've committed to this and we want it to be successful and we aren't doing it just for something to do. We are business people. We want to be successful. We want it to grow and to grow, you have to be profitable and Find your data that tells you the truth. This is my husband is great at this. He always says data doesn't lie. And I think, you know, that's why we've grown our commercial operation the way we have is because of how they've run our commercial operation and data doesn't lie. We know the numbers. We know what we need to be at. And so I think part of what I've had to learn is you have to be okay with not being everything for everyone. And Our product isn't going to be for everyone. Not everyone can afford our product, but we know what our product is and the quality of our product. And we know what pencils out for us to be successful. And so, yes, there are people that sell, you know, a lesser or cheaper product or they're selling it for less. And same with me is I I feel it just, everyone has such a different approach and a marketing approach and a branding approach and, who they want to become in the market. And, you know, I think the people that will be successful will be the ones that really put in the due diligence to understand their numbers and know what they have to, you know, what their break even is, what they, their goal is for profitability. And the ones that don't, I don't think will be around for long because it's not sustainable in the long term. But it's definitely a learning curve and it changes every single day. I mean, just looking at our profit and loss every month and going through that is, you know, it's like, oh gosh, how much was trucking this month? And diesel is still high. And it is interesting with the dynamics changing on the commercial side of the operation is when we went into this, I think another thing for us was diversification. When the commercial market is high, 
where's the beef market going to be at? When the beef market is high, where's the commercial um, that we're selling at? And so for us, it was another option for diversification as markets change and dynamics change. And so it is something that we really do try and keep our eyes on the data regularly and are measuring that each month. And like our team, we build a set of reports for our board every single month. We don't have a board, but we still create the reports because it's important that we stop and look where are we at in relation to our goals and where do we need to make improvements in our operation? It really, I came from the credit union and every month we had a board packet. So I think that's what lent itself to that. But we have our financials, we have our goals, we have our website reports because it really requires us to stop and take a look at a snapshot in time where we're at and where we need to stop and make improvements. And what's working and what isn't. Absolutely. And that is also just a, changing target right now, especially with the economy and what's coming. People say we're not in a recession. I don't know if we are legal or technically or not, but you know, it does require us to change our thought process and how do we need to make adjustments to maintain relevancy and keep our sales where they need to be to pay our bills. And um, so it is an ever evolving target. What do you guys have coming up in the future that you are excited about? Oh, I think for us, you know, we've been at this for three years now and, you know, my background is in marketing. And so the marketing piece of it is what just really lights my fire and gets me so excited. And that's probably the area that I spend the least amount of time now because of the requirements of what's needed in the day to day of the business. But we have some really exciting things coming. Um, We are getting ready to fully launch our jerky program. We have jerky for sale on our website. We have it in some local stores, but we are going to start mass producing, pulling cuts from our box beef program, launching that in the local Idaho market, and then hopefully expanding. You know, a lot of jerky is made from old cold dairy cows and our jerky is going to be made from our premium Angus beef. So we feel that again, it's going to be a higher quality product for people. So we're really excited about that. That's coming down the pipeline. We've really focused on partnerships with Idaho co-ops and selling our product in those butcher counters. And we got our ground beef bricks now rolling um, so they can be bought at a grocery store. So those are kind of the things right now that we're really excited about. You know, I think I'm just always amazed and don't ever want to take for granted seeing our logo and seeing our last name in a grocery store. That is so cool to me that someone knows our family and our small team that raised that product. Our name and our logo represents all of that hard work and effort that went into that ground beef that they're purchasing at the store or that steak that they're purchasing at the store. And so those are some really exciting things we have coming down the pipeline that I think gives our team energy as we grow and excitement of, you know, we started from very humble roots, just me with one freezer in our garage. And now we're filling a 48 foot freezer trailer. We're selling in metropolitan areas. And I think it's just not giving up. We've had a roller coaster up and down. It's every day is a new adventure, but it's still showing up each day and just saying, I'm going to give it my best today. And that keeps moving us forward. So we have a lot of really exciting things coming and I'm just really excited to see what the rest of the year holds. I'm excited to watch you. You guys do an incredible job on social media and 
just sharing your story and kind of sharing your journey. And so we really love following along. And with that being said, what is the best platforms for other people to follow along? Probably our most active platform is our Instagram. All of our handles are at Thomas Cattle Company. Um, we are working on launching and growing our YouTube page. A really important piece for us is, you know, like you said, the highlights on Instagram are very fun to see and short, but we want to show more of the behind the scenes. And that's where we'll do that on YouTube. We also are on TikTok. So we go between all of them, but Instagram is definitely our main area and Facebook as well. So a little bit of everything. Um, like I said, it's it's me doing that. And I, I love to tell the story, but I'm just glad to be a part of the agriculture community and thankful for everyone that's out there telling the story of what they're doing because the backbone of America is egg, egg producers. And it's neat to see so many variations of what everyone is doing to help feed America and the world. Absolutely. It's, I feel like it's an incredible calling. And I tell people all the time, if you have any ounce of desire to be involved in feeding the world, producing, you know, fiber, any of that. It doesn't matter if you're in New York City and you have a garden on your deck uh, or if you have thousands of cows, like anywhere in between. We want you. You're needed. You're so important. It's going to take us all. Um, it's going to take all sizes and shapes and colors and areas and um, passions and skills. I mean, it's going to take us all. So if you feel any desire to produce food, fuel, or fiber, we need you and we want you to be involved. Absolutely. And I think it's something that's going to become, you know, we talk about this a lot as we grow as a ranch operation, as we are going to have to be willing to bring people on board that maybe don't have a background in agriculture, but have a willingness to learn and want to be a part of a great team because it seems like there are less and less people that want to or are leaving agriculture because of the challenges and the red tape that exists. And is it just worth it anymore? And so, you know, it's finding for us, it really is important to find the right fit on the team, regardless of if they have an egg background or not, because we want a willingness to learn a hard work ethic and someone that wants to show up and be a part of the team every day. So I think in agriculture, it's going to require all of us to have an open mind of what does that next generation of egg producers look like and how do we set them up for success as our kids come up, as people come maybe from town that want to become, you know, we have people on our team that had no egg background before they joined us, but they're an amazing part of our team because I show up every day and have an enthusiasm for learning and care for our animals and love cattle and passion outbeats many, many things. This has been a great conversation. Thank you so much for joining the podcast and being on today. And I really strongly encourage people follow you on social media, whether they are interested in direct to consumer or whether they are consumer um, looking to purchase. I think that you guys do an exceptional job and we are excited to watch you grow. Thank you so much for having me. Thanks again for listening to the Cattle Menu Podcast. Don't forget to subscribe and review if you're listening on Apple Podcasts. We are thankful to have you in your community. Like always, remember, the grass is greener where you water it.